0: Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Mangum.
1: And I'm Mark Anderson. And welcome to another edition of World Impact News. Today, we're going to get into economics and Christianity and how they could and should harmonize together. We're calling it Christianomics. And there's a lot of history and a lot of interesting points to be brought into this discussion. And I think this will enlighten our viewers as to why the economy doesn't work that well and what can be done to remedy its many core defects. And if you don't mind, Jason, I'll get right into a certain aspect of this. Absolutely. Over the years as a journalist, I started in late 1984, so I've been in journalism some 34 years. I eventually came to study economics in the macro sense primarily. Uh, What is money? How is it supposed to work? What is the nature of debt? How does debt rule over us? And Jason will have some biblical points to make there. But in so doing, I found things like the American Monetary Institute, which wrote the American Monetary Act. Its leader, Stephen Zarlenga, passed away in recent years. I attended some of their conferences in Chicago and learned a lot there. I also attended the Pilgrims of St. Michael annual social credit conferences in Quebec, Canada. Uh, some three or four times and learned about what's known as social credit. And I'll come right out and say right up front that it is not anything related at all to the social credit, as they call it, blackballing system and social surveillance system that they introduced in communist China. It has nothing whatsoever to do with that and preceded that by many, many decades. So you have the American Monetary Institute, the American Monetary Act, the Social Credit Group, which is the Pilgrims of St. Michael up in Canada and their summit up there. But Social Credit actually came from a Scotsman, an engineer named Clifford Hugh Douglas. And it is a seeming hybrid between socialism and, and capitalism. But in fact, it's a Christian kind of capitalism, and it empowers all of society to have economic sovereignty and viability. ...rather than the current situation where we've allowed a minority, the bankers and their prostitutes in the press, to dictate an economic system that on the surface sounds like freedom and prosperity, but in fact has a lot of injustices built in, a lot of defects, a lot of problems, and allows wealth and channels wealth to come to the top, where the the vast majority of people have poverty in the midst of plenty. Now... A Christian thing to do is to correct that, hence Christianomics today, Jason. And so it's a very interesting concept. And um, go ahead and add what you might want to add to this. And then I'll get into the basic essential defect that we all need to be aware of that needs to be corrected. I'll, I'll talk about something called the gap. Yeah. But you might want to add a little bit of introductory and foundational Well, statements. we might.
0: Yeah, we might want to. Look at—I mean—that's that, really what we're looking at today—is bringing Chris, Christian principles into the realm of economics. You know, one of the things we can see where the government has gotten a foothold, which is in the welfare system, and so we can see that right. in society that the government has now is now controlling these different welfare programs. I mean, you can see it both at the federal and state levels with WIC, with food stamps, um, where really. It was a tragedy in my opinion when that slipped out of the grasp of the church because really any type of charity should be from family and church
1: after all it should begin at home as the old saying said
0: it should charity begins at home and so that's where that phrase was coined so but it's now slipped out of the hands of the family out of the church and that's where I believe many people say well It's impacting the community, and the community, it's led by a government institution, local government. But no, the community is the people. When have we taken out the people? The people, as you so eloquently were talking before before the show, is, if you don't mind me repeating what you said, is that even in government, the government is to serve the people. The people is who is in control, and so that's where we can see the government influence and seeing some of these different things. Yeah, the nation Um,
1: is the people, the soul and hearth and character and productivity of the people. The government is merely an adjunct, a servant to us. The nation is the people. The people are the nation.
0: Right. And so you see the government coming in typically to control and manipulate people. I mean, we won't get into that in this segment, but it is very evident in you watching you recognize what we're talking about today because it is used to, to control and to manipulate people to get their vote because I'll give you a check. I'll give you a free cell phone. I'll give you, I mean, how many yes. different things have you heard? It, is, where the, it with, is vote buying, correct. That's exactly what it is. And so, but we're really charity starts at home and starts in the church. And so I, I even hope through this mark that even churches would get involved and people would get involved in that in their local area and take it away take that power because that's what it is take that power out of the hands of the government and put it back into the hands of the people so and i'll share some more biblical perspective a little bit later on
1: yeah but you're making a great foundational point that the you don't need all this coercion and means testing and humiliation and shaming involved through a coercion government vote buying uh you know Uh, influence-peddling kind of uh, welfare system, rather bring it back to the family and the church, after all churches are comprised of families, and make it something that's organic and workable and humane and doesn't involve embarrassment and shame and humiliation and all sorts of mean testing and having to turn over all kinds of data to the government just to get your daily bread.
0: Exactly. That's why I would encourage... People that, are, that do have ministries and churches don't get in bed with the government when it comes to these things because then they will rule and regulate you, just like the food banks of America. That's just a side note, not really about the segment, but is that then you've got to go through all this red tape, got to jump through all these hoops. You can't do it this way. You can't do it that way. When the heart of it is to help people, is to be charitable. But it's unfortunately turned into a way to manipulate people and to control people. There's always strings attached to it. And so why don't you just believe God in doing it and actually go out there and do it? Because when it comes down to it, Mark, it's about the motive and intent of the heart. And unfortunately, so many people, they, they judge people based upon their actions, but judge themselves based upon their intentions. But unfortunately, there
1: is a lot of bad intentions and bad motives behind this. Yeah, and when you look at, and who can overlook this, a prime supreme example, the Amish, in practice, is Christianomics. Right. A species of it, a modality of it. If your neighbor's barn burns down, you rebuild it. They don't depend on insurance rackets. Prime example. Right. There was a time when there was an ice storm, I believe it was in Kentucky, the Amish got up, looked out the door, that's all the weather report they needed, not a television, because they don't watch them, uh... Put the soup on their carts and and horse and buggies, hot coffee, hot tea, food, hot biscuits and scones, uh, stew and soup. Mm -hmm. Went to each house, gave everyone what they needed. And the National Guard and police got there. This ice storm was terrible. Power was out everywhere. Of course, not for the Amish. They have fire and backup generators whatever the case they might have. And the the guard left that area. They go, the Amish has got this. They've got this. We're out of here. We can go somewhere else. Yeah. They, they completely cured that area of disaster through their Christian ethos. Right. And really what that
0: was in, in kind of setting this up, uh, the foundation of it, is that you can see the church in the book of Acts when the church was birthed. It said that everybody sold their goods, their possessions, their land, their property, and distributed according to the people's needs. But it was an act of charity, not an act of socialism. And, not, and that's where we're going to see. We're going to see right. the. the the differing factors here, where this is not socialism, this is uh, this is about you contributing, you working hard, but getting to it, it reap the benefits of that.
1: Yeah, and a rebirth of a of a new civilization based on Christianomics, right? To get us out of this usurious thing run by the debt merchants, exactly. To get us into a new paradigm, and where better to look than Clifford Hugh Douglas, the the Scotsman and engineer who was working at an aircraft factory in the early war days in Britain and found, through careful study, that the employees' wages and salaries paid to the employees could not keep up with the price structures and productivity and output of the factory. He then examined the economy as a whole and found, to his astonishment, that as we enter into the productive enterprise through the hand-driven economy and through automation and machinery, that The output continues to increase, especially with automation, that the requirement for human labor to produce all the goods and services we need is going down due to automation and has been for the better part of a century. And now we're getting into AI. Think about that. So he found that all the product productivity, all the goods and services and the totality of the cost to make them and the prices they're sold at retail far outstripped the wages and salaries paid out in that very same productive enterprise. And he called it, among others who have called it this, he called it the gap, the shortfall of wages and salaries compared to total price structures and total inventories. Mm -hmm. Simply put, ladies and gentlemen, and this might be astonishing to some, there isn't enough money in circulation to buy what's being produced. It just, it's not really so much anything but the natural outcome of the productive process, it just can't and does not pay enough wages and salaries. So modern economists, almost to the man, will tell us that the way to make up for that is to constantly borrow, to have a borrowed money supply. Mm -hmm. Get a credit card, get a student loan, get a car loan, but get into debt, pay interest, and have that albatross around your neck all Mm -hmm. the time. And in fact, that is how we make up the shortfalls primarily. There's a little bit of dividends from stocks and bonds, but primarily even that stuff is dead instruments at its base. So what Douglas, who died in the 1950s, said to fill the gap, what was needed was a dividend check as we are all part. We are all a part of society incorporated and that we should all be capitalists in the sense that. We are all part of this great experiment as the industrial arts improve productivity. We're all part of this great experiment, experiment of USA Incorporated or Switzerland Incorporated or Great Britain Incorporated and that we all are shareholders in common in a great co-op known as society. And that to fill the gap, instead of borrowing from banks and having to make payments like, like a surf year after year, week after week, month after month, we would get periodic dividend checks in the mail or in our accounts, which are not means tested, and they are not telling us how to live or where to live. They are not requiring data from us, and it does not represent state control of the economy. It simply means that the government fixes the defects in our monetary infrastructure. We receive this dividend, and the totality of everyone, rich and poor, no matter if they're employed or not, I have to say that it doesn't matter whether you're working or not. You you get this check because those checks in their totality fill that gap. Rather than having to doff your hat to the debt merchants and constantly borrow and be given these credit scores and these bogus ratings that actually are a sign of serfdom, almost like a piece of uh, an animal of livestock being stamped with the owner. Um, uh, We're we're given all these uh, you know Experian. Uh, credit ratings, and they, they rate us on, on some arbitrary standard right. on how well can we borrow. Well, we can be freed of that usury by receiving these dividends, again, as as shareholders in common, co-capitalists in the great experiment known as society. And so it's not socialism because there's, there's, there's no welfare the way you described it. There's no state ownership or compulsion. It's simply to fill that gap and then people can work at the job or calling of their dreams. Uh, if it's to be a priest or a minister or if it's to be a uh, head of a charity or if it's to be a musician or an artist, your calling could be, your job would be your calling, your calling would be your job. There would still be jobs to fill, of course, and people would be uh, receive in, uh, in remuneration for those jobs. It doesn't mean that Work would disappear, but what it does mean is that we wouldn't have to make work the centerpiece of our lives. We could work to live rather than live to work and find our callings in life, have a much more relaxed social fabric, reduce the role drastically of uh, usurious banking and those uh, corrosive influences, and not be in debt our whole lives, including student loans. Right. then we would have a much more humane society. Wallace Clink, a expert on social credit and economics commentator from Alberta, Canada, has said, and get this, this is very important. I cannot stress this too much. The system now is so sinful and so corrosive and so um, dysfunctional that even angels, if they were called in to operate it, would be corrupted by it and would fall into sin. Wow! In other words, we live in an economic system that encourages theft, War and sin, because there's so many inequities and so much so much dysfunction that it it tempts everyone to embezzle, to gamble, to get quick to get rich quick, and then suddenly the gambling debts eat you alive, and maybe you commit suicide or abandon your family. And gambling, the gambling culture comes out of this this sense that the economy is completely out of whack. And that you constantly have to be on a treadmill or a little mouse wheel to get caught up. Right. But, that, but that treadmill keeps getting steeper and the, the wheel keeps having to go faster. But the rewards for the effort are further and further away. Right, And so the only way to correct this is not through more debt and borrowing because that's what drives that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's equity. It's fixing the defects. And what was called social credit by Douglas, and he had a book called Social Credit... He had another book called economic democracy and that book argued that we have judicial legislative and executive power but why has the financial control been taken away from us and given to a small coterie of bankers right and then there's been other books in this age of plenty and innumerable others a former nasa official um, has also written about this um, richard cook and he's written numerous books. Richard Cook agrees with this. He, he was in the federal government that there needs to be a national dividend that would empower everyone, again, as co-capitalists in a national co-op model. So, therefore, you get rid of the monopoly capitalist model and you also issue or put aside the Karl Marx socialist model. You see how they control us? They want you to think that monopoly capitalism and socialism are our only options and it's linear And they say, well, look left or look right, but don't look anywhere else. Right, yeah. And this is how we're fooled. But this is, or at least points to, one potential and promising solution to all of this to finally reach what we would call Christianomics. There may be other means. There may be other theories. There may be other uh, things to apply. I'm not saying that what I'm saying is the only answer, but I'm saying it's one of the more promising ones that I've come across Right. And we have long bemoaned what's been going on. There's a very important old book called The Babylonian Woe, and it goes into the ancient roots of usury. Because another thing that drives this whole unjust economic system is that at any given time, interest payments are removing money from the economy that's needed to purchase goods and services right. while businesses struggle, while restaurants struggle, while retail districts struggle. Bankers and people receiving interest are constantly draining the economy of the lifeblood that it needs. So constantly we have to put more money in the economy by borrowing even more, which leads to even more interest payments and the vicious cycle continues. Right. So you have what's called interest drain, Money in, money out, and the money out begins to overtake the money in. And what I talked about earlier, where wages and salaries can't keep up with output and prices. So that's the foundation of the problem, but yet also pointing toward the solution to achieve what we call Christianomics. And as we've said in this and other productions of World Impact News, on Earth as it is in Heaven, Christian ideas need to be woven into society. They're not ornamental. They're not an aside. They're not an afterthought. We are supposed to live in a Christian society, Christendom, on route to heaven and salvation. And we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Killing the Planet book, available now from Rodney Howard Brown and Paul L. Williams. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. So they've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, just they got the judges in their back pockets, and they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer.
1: Ultimately,
0: to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. The negative impact of population growth is becoming appallingly evident.
1: What do you see as the biggest challenges in in conservation? The growing human population, and to get to that goal, you have to monopolize. The energy aspects of people around the planet, if you control those two aspects, the green revolution and the gene revolution, then you're able to control the entire planet, every resource on it, extinguish freedom for the rest of history.
0: Available now. Go to killingtheplanetbook.com to get your copy today. Have you ever wondered about the story of money? Read Alice and the Money Tree, written by J.M. Weston Briggs. An illustrated beginner's guide to money and its hidden political and economic impact on society. Get your copy today by going to www.themoneywonderland.com. Convince people that this war is realism for the media. A history of the last 200 years. Now you created the Federal Reserve in 1913
1: through lies.
0: As told by the Money Trail. First to prepare the United States for a foreign war under the guise of American defense. Written by Rodney Howard Brown and Paul L. Williams. My name is Kevin Shipp. I'm a former decorated CIA officer. There is a shadow government that is manipulating our elected officials that we see behind the scenes. finally someone has come out and written what i think is the best expose on the shadow government ever who controls your money who controls your savings you have been lied to time after time after time Political turmoil, national security, climate change, humanitarian crisis, the drug war,
1: nuclear The U.S.
0: is at the very least nurturing the largest source of the deadliest and most addictive drug on the planet. Central Intelligence Agency was actively protecting certain large drug shipments. So you tell me what the occupation of Afghanistan is really about? The killing of Uncle Sam. Get your copy today. Visit KillingUncleSamBook.com. Welcome back, everybody, to this segment of World Impact News. Yeah, one of the one of the probably scriptures that most people have heard is "raise up the child." a child in the way that he should go so when he is old he will not depart for it from it but what they forget is the very next scripture that says it says the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender yes and so there is this almost noose of debt around people. Oh, it is. It's a noose. It's an albatross. It's you're in the stockade. You are in the stockade. And so the, you know, that's where even the FICO score, it's all a fraud. It's all a fake. I mean, to keep people,
1: it's just another form of bondage. You have a great antidote to that. to, To say to a doctor that you don't take prescription drugs is almost like telling a friend or family or even a banker that I don't have any debt. Yeah. You know, the debt is, is as expected. It's an expected thing just like it's expected. Well, what medications are you on? Yeah. And if you tell someone that, like Dave Ramsey, you advocate no debt, and he's one of the ones that points out to the bogusness of the FICO scores. Right. His is zero, I believe. That's because he pays cash for everything. Right, and even that, paying cash for everything, is looked on as antisocial. They right. might be a dissident now. Exactly. Because they've That's had,
0: where the attack on just to interject real quick, yes. is the, the attack on uh, cryptocurrency yeah you know the bitcoin is actually cash
1: in electronic form but there was such an attack against it yes you know? and i've never been totally educated on bitcoin but i do want to learn more and i don't think it should just be arbitrarily shouted down right let's let's take a closer look at this without people telling me what to think
0: but 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 if you know well the banks don't like it then it must
1: be bad <laughs> watch out yeah, what kind, of, re, what kind of reasoning is that, yeah, you know? exactly. But, but yeah, you, you made a great scriptural reference there, Jason. And it, it's, a, it's important to recognize that we're living now in a, a, a system run by debt merchants, people that make money off of others' labor who themselves don't labor very much. It's interesting to note when a bank makes a loan, what happens. And like if anybody's ever been in a foreclosure or something, like on a mortgage, yeah. this is very instructive. When you go to the bank and make a loan, <clears throat> you sign a promissory note that that bank turns into a negotiable instrument, and they deposit it in their account. They enter the amount of your loan in a demand deposit account. They don't take any money out of the depositors' funds, and the bank never loans its own profits or money. Yeah, Where does it get the money? It creates it out of thin air by computer entries for the amount you requested. The only time real money exchanges hands is when you pay back the alleged loan. So when you get that house, the bank has simply given you permission to occupy the house for a certain period of time. But if you default on paying them money that they never loaned you, Mm -hmm. and I've talked to many bankers that have spoken to me off the record and on the record, a bank will loan you something, but part with nothing. When they loan you something, get your brain around that, ladies and gentlemen, they part with nothing, they risk nothing. And so now they might, the loan might not perform as well as they expected and they might make less in interest than they anticipated, but that's not really a loss, that's just things. the horse didn't run around the track quite as fast as they right. thought it would. Yeah, where we're
0: used to and where we function by credits and debits, they don't have anything
1: as a debit. No, no, not really, not, not what we think of as a debit. So the loan is made and the, the money begins to exchange hands, money of exchange, real money, sweat, blood, sweat and tears when you pay back the loan. But money of account, simple numbers in a ledger, which used to be done with pen and now is done by computer keystroke, there's no risk involved there. So what what is known in the law of contracts as consideration, the banks and lending, lending machine has no real consideration. They're not really risking anything, but you are, your reputation, your assets, your home, your family, everything is put on the chopping block. So, a loan, the real real lender is the borrower. This is the huge counterproductive or counterintuitive thing you're hearing. It sounds like we're getting into the twilight zone and where's Rod Serling, right? The real lender is the the borrower. And so the person really putting in the money is the person who's described as the borrower, the, the consumer who gets the mortgage or the car loan or whatnot. So the sleight of hand that's been engineered ever since ancient times, and hence that book, The Babylonian Woe, W-O-E, woe as in uh, problem or depressing circumstance um, or harmful trend, right. a woe. Right. Um, so ever since ancient times, this is what's been plaguing mankind, is the tricksters involved in lending. They get you to believe that they're parting with something that's on parity with what you're putting back. But in fact, they're simply letting you occupy or drive a car or occupy a house for a certain period of time that, until such time that you stop paying them money that they never really loaned you in kind. Right. And this is painful for some of us to hear. And if you're a banker or you're involved in banking or insurance and you're hearing this, I, I can't massage this in any way. I can't sugarcoat this in any way. We're just giving it to you straight. Okay, And this is what we're looking at Christianomics would would In a very Peaceful and benign way Correct this And what I'm outlining today is just one means Possible means of correcting it
0: Yeah because you have to realize Every single person um, Represents a number To the bank You're a certain value
1: And they look at what they can get from you Right And your national ID is your social security number. They say, watch out. Someday we're going to have a national ID. Got news for you. You've had it since 1935.
0: Yeah. And there's a price on your head. You know, back in the day, if you didn't pay your debt, they'd come put you in jail or actually take your kids as slaves. Debtor's prison. Debtor's prison. So now you are a debtor. I mean, that's their whole goal is to keep people in debt. You are in prison and you're just working to fund what they want and their livelihood, and their, I mean, that's what, if you want to, by the way, a great book um, to read about the banking system and the creation of the centralized banks, go read The Creature from Jekyll Island written by, uh, what's his name, Mark, Edward Griffin, I think.
1: Yeah, G. Edward G. Griffin. G. Edward he's, Griffin. He now runs an organization called Freedom Force International, and I know Ed. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very erudite guy, very smart. Um He and I might disagree on the gold standard thing. I'm not what's called a gold bug. You you can have, I believe, a U.S. currency without a gold backing. Instead, you back it with all the wealth and labor and credit of the people. Credit meaning, in this context, credit means the ability and trust everyone has in each other and in themselves to be productive, to take the the basic elements and fruits that God gave us and to convert that into useful products and services. Remember, ladies and gentlemen... Mankind does not create wealth. We manipulate and channel wealth. The creator of wealth is God himself. Right.
0: He owns all the gold. He owns all all the the elements.
1: All the elements. The air, the water, the food, the plant life, the vegetation, the the pollinators, the bees and butterflies. We got to watch out for their populations. Keep them up. Right. That that make it all happen. Um, We simply um, mold and manipulate what God gave us and we don't act we don't we're not required to pay for the air we breathe we're not required necessarily to pay for everything there are god-given things so the dividend to fill that economic gap that's now being filled by debt would be this god-given thing government would simply be the instrument through which it's done in an equitable fashion and you can read more about this um through a posting on my blog my blog is thetruthhound.com there's a posting there called springboard to prosperity at thetruthhound.com you can also go to michaeljournal.org and there are various other sites Um, this none of this is indicative of or necessarily means that jason and i endorse everything that's on any of the websites that we mention, except our own but we are saying that the different things out there, the books I've mentioned and the websites have things to contribute to the discussion. Uh, and of course, uh, viewers can make up their own minds as we read these things, but we're bringing out something that you're never gonna hear on al- on conventional media, the mass media cartel and and things, Jason, too, that you rarely hear even on, alter- on alternative media right. of which you and I are a part.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, To hear uh, Christian ideals, especially in the realm of economics, expressed even in the alternative media is a relatively rare thing. But in the regular media, it's it's like seeing a unicorn. Right.
0: So there's these ideals that God doesn't want to prosper you when he does want to prosper you. He actually says in his word that he maketh one rich and adds no sorrow to it, which literally means that you don't have to toil. Now, do you need to work? Yes. The Bible also says you want to eat. You need to work. So, um, but that you would not actually use that money in a in a way, or have to like that would be your your master, you know. Because the reality is, money is a great servant but a terrible master. That's right. And so, and, and through the and, system
1: we have now, it's allowed to be our master. It's been made into our master. Exactly. And and work is supposed to be something that we we work to live, but we ought not to live to work. In other words. Constant toil and labor right. need not be the totality of our whole lives. Exactly. We, need, we need fellowship and leisure. We need time to develop our our, our our higher selves and love our families and be with our families, not exactly. on the road working 24-7, 365, eight days a week, uh, 3.5 jobs for 4.5 kids. Right. You know, right. it, 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 uh, we need to put things in perspective and get a real grip on these things. But I think this has been a... Um, dynamite discussion today that is rarely heard in in alternative media circles like yeah, you said yeah absolutely so in closing uh
0: let me share my final thoughts here which is you know the word of god says in deuteronomy eight eighteen 18 that that it says but remember the lord your god who gives you power to get wealth or to create wealth and so it is god's will for you to prosper he is giving you power to get wealth and create wealth. And so, but remember who gives you that power. Remember who it belongs to. And, you know, and that's one thing is I, I will state is if money was wicked and evil, then God would not have given you the power to
1: get it. But it's the love of money that is evil. That's the key. When When money becomes a end in itself and not a means to better ends exactly and and then what is the one thing that Christ did where he showed some physical force driving the money changers out of the temple exactly. they, they were exchanging coins and clipping them and they were engaging in fraud and he will not stand for fraud so we shouldn't either let's all drive the illicit money changers out of the temple. Let's make banking what it's supposed to be, and that's an accounting system for society and not a system that reduces us to slavery through usury. We can all be better people for it, and I think that squares it up for what we're calling now Christianomics, Jason. Christianomics today. So There it is.
0: Thanks for watching. Remember, you can catch us on YouTube. And as well as we're starting to put these videos on Facebook, we're going to be starting doing that soon. We'll have our blog up, but you can also listen on different podcast platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Bleacher, Radio Public. Radio Public. So we're on these different ones and there are more and more that are releasing every single day. So go and listen to all this. And I hope that you take this to heart and, uh, and even change some of the things maybe that you're doing in, in your finances.
1: I mean, get out of debt. Debt is a noose. You've got to get out of debt and train your kids not to be in debt. That that is the start. And and if you can Google or you can use DuckDuckGo if you don't like Google for for looking for stuff. But World Impact News, Mark Anderson or Jason Mangum, M-A-N-G-U-M. And you'll find us on there. Many, many uh, news editions we've shot and commentaries. So we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.